All righty. We're going to play a game, guys. Okay? So, first and foremost, get a pen, get a paper, pull out your notes app on your phone, whatever it might be. Okay? Got it? Great. All right. What keywords does your website currently rank for? Take a couple seconds. Right? One, two, three, four. I give you a few, not just a couple. What doesn't it rank for that you think it should rank for? Okay, one, two, three, four. Now, what are a few keyword opportunities that you could be winning on if you just simply tweaked some of your existing website copy? Got it? Okay, how'd you do? Ooh, not so hot. Not sure what you can, what you're currently ranking for, or not sure what you could be ranking for. Well, that's okay because our friends at DD Agency want to help you answer all of these questions. DD Agency is a higher ed specific marketing technology agency that has conducted countless SEO audits for colleges and universities across the country. In these audits, they detail where you currently rank, what you could be ranking for, exactly how copy should be tweaked on website pages, and so much more. If this sounds like something that you could benefit from, give the guys at DD Agency a ping and be sure to mention that Enrollify sent you to claim a 10% discount on any of their SEO offerings. So head on over to enrollify.org forward slash DDA SEO. That's DDA as in DD Agency SEO, or simply follow the link in the show notes below. That will guarantee you get a 10% discount off of your audit. All right, head on over to enrollify.org slash DDASEO or simply Google DD Agency, find DD Agency's website, and be sure to mention that you heard about them through Enrollify when you request your audit. All right, folks, back to the show. All right, Shane, we are live, my friend. How are you doing today? Good, Zach. Thanks for having me on. Dude, I'm so excited for you to be on. Um, we've been going back and forth on LinkedIn for a while, and you're one of those faces that I see a lot on social, but like I've never actually had the opportunity to speak with. So I'm very excited for, for our conversation. Um, just right off the bat, Shane, you are at Muhlenberg, not Mullenberg, um, and I appreciate you letting me know how to properly pronounce your institution's name before we go live here. And you head up marketing there. And so I'm super excited to hear a little bit more about you, a little bit more about your story, a little bit more about the the work that you all are, are, are doing there. I thought it would be fun to kind of just get started by hearing a little bit about the biggest differences that you've encountered between marketing for a community college and then marketing for, for a graduate school. So again, you lead the the graduate uh, marketing work there, uh, but you you have a sort of a robust resume, and I just love some musings or some insights into the biggest differences you've noticed between your work at a community college and now your work at at, at marketing graduate programs. Sure, yeah, I mean the, the biggest difference uh, is is obviously the, the type of student we're going after, right? So so from career level to level of education, right? Um, community college uh, is largely in county, local. You know, very rarely are people leaving their county, let alone state, yeah. um, to to go to community college. So, so you kind of have a really defined audience. Um, grad school, 
uh, and community college prevent present very different uh, value propositions. Hmm. Right. So community college is all about affordability, flexibility, you know, start here, go anywhere, all that good stuff. Yeah. Grad school certainly has some of that right affordability people are still concerned with cost time to complete flexibility all of that stuff um but grad school students are really interested in return on investment hmm. um what what am i going to get out of this and, and you know they have different goals they they may want a, a new career they may want to raise they're looking for increased salary yeah. they're looking you know still to finish something they started um so so though you know the student themselves are, are 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 very different um but also in some ways similar yeah um the the biggest challenge i think is is finding our students hmm. so we, we have a good idea who, who our students are it's just tough to find them um yeah. and and that's a result of uh a lot of schools are test optional we're test optional here at muhlenberg we, we don't require a gre or a gmat um and so with that you know, list purchasing becomes less of a of a benefit for us. Yeah. Um, so it's really about building a persona and, and knowing your student, uh, because it it is it is more difficult to go find them somewhere other than them finding you. Yeah, dude. What's so interesting about this this whole move, right, to to test optional is, in many ways, folks now have to go and build their own audience, right? Like you've got to go and build. Um, a, a brand new sort of like, you know, primary data list of a uh, primary collection of, of data of, of prospective students in a way that like list purchasing, you know, while, while, you know, hit or miss and has been a hit or miss for, I don't know, a decade at least, maybe even a couple decades at this point, it at least was a starting point, right? There was at least some sort of interest or some sort of indicator that, okay, like this could be valuable. And obviously there are various selects that you can use to drill down and, you know, ensure that you're getting the best possible names for, for your respective programs. And in a world where you're not requiring these tests, it's, it, you, you do, you have to go find them else. You have to go find these folks somewhere else. Right. So like, I'm, I'm curious, what, uh, how have you guys wrestled with that question? Like, do you guys think about it as like building your own audience? Like, is that kind of language that you'll use now? Or, or what, what sort of language do you guys use when you think about acquiring, if you will, contact information for prospects? Yeah, definitely building our own audience, and 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 for us specifically, we're unique in, in the fact that we launched the graduate school here at Muhlenberg in February of 2020. Oh my gosh! Per wow! Perfect, perfect timing, right? <laughs> um, so we're new to the space, and okay. so we, you know, our pre-existing audience was largely built around who who our undergraduate students are, um, but then extrapolating that out to the mid-career to professional, young professional, um, and, and even late career professionals are are, are, are showing some interest in, in certainly certificates and things like that. But, yeah. you know, it's really been a, an iterative process as we go. We, we are, you know, we're enrolling students. We see who those students are, what industries they're from, what, you know, demographics, income level, things like that. And that has sort of allowed us to really fine tune things. But, but yeah, you're right. It, it really is a matter of kind of custom building an audience, especially being new to the grad space. Yeah, yeah, super interesting. Do you guys have any online programs? So uh, most of our graduate programs, none are fully online. Okay. Um, we are we are hopefully working towards that. Um, so there is a there, not a residential component, but there is an on, an on campus sort of in person 
hybrid format. Yeah. Very yeah. low residency, you know, requires probably two or three board trips to campus throughout the academic year. Yeah. Um, and then some, um, we've got a master's in medical leadership that is kind of the executive style where you'll come to campus for a three-day sort of intensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that opens some some further uh geographic marketing for us well yeah you know i was thinking like um and i'm sure people uh, much smarter than me have talked about this and are, are working on stuff like this right now but it also it would also seem that many of us right if, if you're if you're targeting sort of these mid-career individuals um and if they're you know white collar individuals in all likelihood they have at least some flexibility if not full flexibility to work remotely and work online right and so it's it's sort of this interesting shift in sort of geo targeting where if you're in you know you guys are in this you know great you know metro kind of urban area t to begin with but like if you're in this like area where there are likely a lot of professionals who are working full time uh, remotely the idea of an in person experience might be all the more attractive right like and you might actually see this uh, this shift in Hey, no, I don't. I don't want to go to the you know uh, a Muhlenberg competitor because all of their grad programs are online. My entire work life is online, right? I I, I want my I want to go and get an education in in a totally different format than than my work format. Are you guys kind of experiencing any even just like anecdotal evidence that that's of interest uh, to folks? A, a little bit, yeah. And and a lot of our programs are built around sort of uh, team based projects and things like that. And mm. so. People do enjoy the the camaraderie of the in-person experience because you're right. A, a lot of people are just zoomed out and are are want to be in a in a in a face-to-face -face sort of environment. And so that is definitely something to contend with going forward. I think as we get further away from the pandemic, we're seeing more and more people looking for that, looking for an in-class experience. Yeah, I wonder. One of the things that I think about a lot too is who is obsessing over how to build these like really dynamic in-person learning experiences because if you are going to bring people if you are going to force people to come to campus even if it's you know once a quarter right a few, a few times a year whatever it might be the learning that you do there like what happens while on campus has to be so tangibly different right than what i might get from zoom that that i have to know beyond a reasonable doubt that that was worth the time right to be there like it has to feel different enough it can't just feel like you know another another lecture so how, how are you guys thinking through that are there um are there any resources that you are regularly tapping into to help explore how to essentially make the in-person time as limited as it might be extra special for lack of a better word yeah, so so our our graduate dean and our faculty, the, so our faculty actually design the curriculum that they're teaching. Oh wow, and That's cool. and so yeah, and so that really enhances the in class experience. Um, we are we put a big emphasis on experiential learning, and so um, graduate students have what we call capstone project at the end of of things that that actually takes the the you know the, the final almost full year to complete. Yeah, and they'll they'll partner with with real organizations that we bring in uh, and help them solve a problem that they're working on. Um, and that leads to really, really impactful work. We, we had uh, one of our recent alum worked with uh, the PA National Guard oh, wow. to, to develop a, um, it's called Refreshing the Force. And it's, it's 
retraining suicide intervention officers in the National Guard. Wow. Yeah. And so her capstone project was presented to the PA National Guard and received funding for a statewide rollout. And so, you know, outcomes like that are really what gives you that, what you're talking about, that tangible, I can't get that on Zoom. Hey, all Zach here from Enrollify. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. Our shows feature a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Mickey Baines, Jeremy Tears, Jamie Hunt, Corinne Myers, Jamie Gleason, and many, many more. You can learn more about the Enrollify Podcast Network at podcasts.enrollify.org. Our shows help higher ed marketers and admissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at podcasts.enrollify.org. And, and I feel like that's a, such, a, such a good example to, uh, to the ROI uh, question you were speaking to just a, just a minute ago. When you see something that tangible, that moves that quickly, right? Like, I think the reality is that when it comes to any sort of graduate level education i mean the same conversations are happening at the undergraduate level by the way but that roi it it might exist it it might be there in the long haul right but the the reality is most folks aren't willing to wait right Uh, until that that like five ten years that that's that's too far that's too far i want to see i want to see the return now i want to see the return within one to two years after graduation right if not a month or two after graduation and so stories like that i i feel like are such strong testimonials and quite frankly just testaments to to the work and and the faculty and the programming that you all offer yeah agreed and i i think especially as you get into people further into their careers they're looking for that immediacy. They're looking for, okay, I'm ready to take the next step. How can you get me there? Yeah. Yeah. So true, man. So well said. So one of the reasons I wanted to chat with you is you all recently moved all of your digital ad spend, all of your digital marketing uh, back in house. Previously you had worked with some vendors and I want to, I want to hear a little bit more about how you discerned, right? That that was appropriate, that that was worth doing and then how it's gone so far. This is a question, just so you know, Shane, that a lot of people that listen to Enrollify podcasts, people that are subscribers of ours, when we get DMs or when we get you know people writing in and asking us questions over email, a lot of it has to do with, hey, what resources do you have on how to find you know the right vendor for this? Or how do you decide whether or not you should be outsourcing versus insourcing certain work, right? And it's just, it, it, the reality is it's so complex and it's really different for everybody depending on a zillion factors, right? So I wanted to ask you this question because it's not often, especially like at this moment in time where folks folks are making that move. What I'm seeing way more of is, is folks outsourcing a lot more because they have lost, quite frankly, a lot of their staff. So, so walk us through how you've thought about this decision and how's it going so far? Yeah. So, so first things first is you mentioned staff. And so having the right staff in place is, is really huge. I mean, you can't do it. You can't really do it without the right staff. And so we, we, we knew we had the right staff in place. Our marketing team here in graduate and continuing education is four people, including myself. And, and actually one of those people, colleague of mine focuses on business to business sort of partnerships. 
So really the enrollment marketing piece of things is three, three people. Wow. Yeah. Um, which, which might sound, mighty sound three. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the biggest reason that we decided to do this was we had a one, you know, a, a large contract with an outside agency. Um, we saw okay results, but it, you know, deep down, I think we knew we know our programs, we know our audience, we have the talent in house to do it. Yeah. Um, and it would be a massive cost saving for the college. Yeah. We are digital heavy, but I'm a firm believer in in sort of the magic is in the mix. Mm. And so dedicating all of those resources to to digital didn't allow us to do things to, yeah. to create that mix. So yeah. bringing that in-house, you know, sort of divesting from that large agency relationship let us do things like make really great, incredible videos you know, do some out of home, some, some TV, some radio, some Spotify, the things that, especially for the adult student, the graduate student, those, those multiple touch points that you need outside of digital, especially for sort of regional programs at this point. Yeah. At the same time, we released an RFP for a, a digital consultant to help us that in that transition. So we do, we do still have some of a digital uh, agency partner, just Con, you know, on the consulting, the execution is all in-house. Yeah. We also transitioned CRMs during that time. Jeez. Um, so taking <laughs> it all so, on at once, man. Yeah. <laughs> sounds, sounds crazy. Right. But they kind of go hand in hand because we needed a better environment for, you know, marketing landing pages, lead generation, everything we do is measured in some way. And so, you know, even a billboard has a, a vanity URL, signage somewhere else has a vanity URL. So with our with the way our website was set up, we couldn't quite get the cleanest way to measure that data. Yeah. So so we decided to, to change CRMs as well. And they go hand in hand because I needed that that enhanced sort of digital presence. Do you, do you mind me asking what CRM you you ended up moving? Sure. Yeah, we we went with element 451. Oh, OK. Our division is kind of like a mini college in and of itself. We've yeah. got we've got financial aid folks, we've got admissions folks, we've got um, our own application, and so we needed something that kind of touched all those those pieces, in, yeah. including including marketing. So, um, so again, uh, exiting that contract let us do something like that, yeah, and, and, and invest in something like that um, that that really affects everything we do, yeah, um, across the the unit here. It's a process. I mean, it was conversations with the board and president and provost and IT and enrollment management, you know, so it took a long time to actually get to the RFP, but we went live with bringing digital in-house first day of the fiscal year. And it was, it was funny. It was, we had, we have like a a twice weekly huddle uh, of our staff. And I I described to everybody that, okay, you know, the agency, they've told us everything is turned off. It's our ship to steer. And it was like, I joke that it was like, if you've ever been around somebody that has a fear of flying, it's 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 like when the wheels first leave the ground. And oh, you're like, yeah. Oh, my God. Here we are. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so we were. Yeah. I mean, we were on our own. But yeah, we, we've seen year over year yeah. comparing. We've seen a 249 percent increase in conversions or, wow. you know, people people submitting RFI forms okay. or, or, or giving us their information in some way. We've seen 153 percent increase in impressions. 
a 45% increase in clicks and a 26% decrease in cost per thousand impressions. Yeah, those are those are some uh, significant numbers. <laughs> yeah, and, and really, you know, for us, it it's just a matter of we're able to get in there every day. Yeah. And and tweak things and look at things and, and actually, you know, talk with faculty about what are your students talking about? What what are your students' career goals? And we can go over to the career center and say, what are some outcomes that we should be highlighting here? And what are, you know, where are people going to work that we can we can target that industry? Yeah. So having all those resources on campus that, you know, it's harder for a an agency to get in touch with, you know, I can pick up the phone and call over there and say, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're tinkering with this. Can you, can you help me figure this out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You bring up a, you bring up a couple good points, Shane, that are, I think worth just sort of like making, making a note of. And one is just that when it does come to an agency partner, and again, I'm in all four agency partners and they're incredibly helpful in so many contexts and whatnot, but, but like to your point, right. They, they often can't move as quickly as like you, you want them to. Right. And it's, what's kind of funny is a lot of people are like, Hey, hire an agency because you can't get your staff or your faculty or the powers that be on campus to move quick enough. Right. So you need an agency partner. But then oftentimes, like once the agency partner has like come up with like their strategic marketing plan in conjunction and collaboration with you, they don't really love deviating from that plan. Right. And there's a number of reasons for that. One is, you know, they, they want to, you know, wait and see and 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 you know make sure that there's enough time right to ensure the plan has been properly executed but then beyond that quite frankly like a lot of times they've put people and resources and things together and it's quite disruptive right to to the agency to to move those things or if you are planning on spending a lot of time energy and and resources creating a lot of new content and instead you said you know what let's pause on the content creation and let's just go full fledged on optimizing for Facebook and Instagram ads or whatnot. Like that's an entirely different skill set. The, the agency might have that skill set, right? And there might be a little bit of that skill set allocated to your account, but in all likelihood, there's not a lot of it allocated to your account. Cause again, you're, you, we thought everyone thought that you wanted to do a lot of content creation. So all that is to say is that the time spent discussing and thinking through and potentially then executing a, a pivot of sorts right you, you could lose a month or two months or three months between meetings and back and forth and okay well what about this and clarity 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 let's see clarity 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 and so all this is to say is that we might actually be living through a moment where we just can't afford hired can't afford to wait right and so if you do if you if you've got someone like you you've got somebody like your team there actually might be a world in which an agency is just way too slow for you, right? Which is which is like kind of a conundrum because it's not what we would think of with respect to hired agencies. Um, and yet, maybe we're at a point where that's just that's just where we are. Yeah, it, that's. I mean, it's a great point. And, and in in my past institutions, I've I'm a, a huge proponent of agencies, but I've also never had somebody that is a, a, a digital marketing specialist specializing in in this exact thing yeah and so i agree with you the value there's definitely value in an agency that's why we have a consulting agency on board yep. To, to yep. sort of you know use that expertise basically right now if we're if we've got a new program rolling out and and we want to start let's say we're in april and we want to we want to enroll in fall of 24 is when the, the thing's going to launch all i need is the the program proposal, the course list, the, the tuition, 
and then have a conversation with the the program coordinator and the faculty. Yeah. And, and we can build a campaign this week. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, and then, you know, working, it, it's nice to work in sort of concert with that agency to say, okay, here's what we built. Take, take a look, you know, what are your recommendations? Um, so, you know, you do have that other set of eyes there. Um, but yeah, and, and, you know, it's sort of the perfect storm because we all know the, the, the impending sort of demographic shift that's coming. Yeah. Um, and there's sort of increased interest and expectations on on the graduate area. Yep. Um, and so all of those things combined led us to the decision to say, okay, let's bring this in house. Let's see how it goes. So far, so good. But there's always, you know, the option to say, okay, let's if we need it, here's an we can do an enhanced relationship with our partner or or look somewhere else. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and you know, I wonder if there's going to be a world and, and part of this is just that the way in which everything is moving is just like really fast. Like the world that we're living in today is just so much faster than the world was even, you know, right before COVID, meaning user expectations, right? Like as the as the world has spent so much more time communicating and engaging uh digitally right and quite frankly as as many of our meetings have shifted online like the the, the whole like the whole sort of structure of meetings have has changed right there's less like ch chat meet and greet like you know shoot the shit before getting down to the brass tacks of the meeting it's much more like hey people are looking at their clocks they've got a hard stop at three o'clock right it's 256 and they want to make sure that they know what their action items so they can go jump to the next call and of course that existed pre-COVID, but yeah, at least from my perspective, meetings tended to be a little bit more fluid or being late to something or running late for, you know, to something that was just like expected right now. It's like, you're, you're late to something. You're three minutes late to a zoom call. It's like, what, what happened? Like, is the meeting canceled? Right. And it's just culturally things have shifted so much. And therefore all of our own expectations for the pace at which things should move, you know, has also shifted. So we could be wrong here, right? And, and moving, you know, moving too quickly certainly has its consequences. But I do wonder if we're living in, a, we're w working our way into a, a new reality where, especially when it comes to marketing, right? And we're going through a moment right now where marketing spend is under great critique, right? In all industries, especially in, in higher education. And so the, the need to be able to justify every dollar and every hour has never been more, has never been more important, right? And so I, I, I do wonder if we're entering this era where we actually have to just be able to pivot quickly and we have to be able to switch things up based off of what we see working today, regardless of how that disrupts tomorrow's plans. And I think that that reality is, again, difficult for agencies, many agencies to stomach. Um, and so I, I, I do wonder if we're going to see more, more of a pull of the right talent coming in-house to help execute simply because y'all have to move really fast. Like you can't, you can't move slow. There, there is no tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. We, yeah. I mean, moving at the speed of higher ed it is becoming less and less of an option. Mm. And so, you know, th there's everybody's in an enrollment crunch, right? Everybody's in a financial crunch because of the pandemic. So moving the way we used to move is, is really, not working anymore yeah. and so we need you know i can pop across the hall now and say hey john who's our john weiss is our is our uh the guy doing all the magic behind the scenes i can pop in and say hey how's this going hey let's check on this and that's it and yeah. we're back to work yeah 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 oh wow what a, what an interesting interesting uh sort of like season that i think we're that we're stepping into um i do i do want to pick your brain a little bit more shane and and hear um 
how you guys talk and think about differentiation because you guys are in a fairly crowded market. Can you just talk a little bit about like your market and then how have you guys wrestled with how to how to be different and or first of all how to recognize your differences and then second how to how to position your differences in a in a meaningful way. Yes, we are we are in a super crowded market. So so for the folks listening, we're in Allentown, Pennsylvania, about an hour and a half north of Philadelphia, hour and a half west of New York City. So we're in like a really interesting triangle there. Yeah. Um and within I would say probably within a 50 mile radius there there's six seven eight nine competitive schools offering graduate programs you know yeah massive graduate portfolios um so differentiating in terms of our our product we have deliberately sort of um we're trying to fill gaps that aren't being filled in the space yeah so so you know we uh, i mentioned the masters and apply uh, medical leadership that is a that's a program that's for uh, physicians and clinicians to, tr to transition into healthcare leadership. Huh. It's a very, very kind of specific audience, but, but a need, um, we've got a master's in applied analytics. That's, that's very similar to your, your typical data science, um, uh, degree. We've got a master's in organizational leadership. That's sort of a counterpart to, to an MBA. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing we're doing, because a lot of our students thus far have been Muhlenberg undergraduate alumni we're rolling out a good deal of four plus one programs. Mm. So we're, we're kind of captivate. We've got a captive audience on campus. There's affinity for the college. Um, it's an easy transition into that fifth year where you can, you can stay on campus. You get another year of college, you know, you might get some graduate eligibility for athletics. Uh, and so that's really a differentiator for us. And, and that's sort of working across the college with enrollment management, because a lot of those programs, uh, you're declaring from the second you step on campus that yeah. I, I'm doing this four plus one. Yeah. So now we're we're kind of forming those those partnerships as well. But you know, for me, the biggest dif differentiator is is our students. I, I think at any as higher ed professionals in general, I, I think we we need to get on board with this the thought that you know the college is is not necessarily the superstar anymore yeah <laughs> um and what i mean by that is like our i can tell sort of anybody at any time the great things about our campus right it's we've got dedicated faculty we've got you know x number of dollars in financial aid we've got a, a picturesque you know leafy green campus um but what i can't tell them is what it sort of feels like to be here yeah um and for an adult student for for somebody coming back to school that's huge yeah you know that's huge that the, their people are anxious about it it's a financial commitment it's a time commitment you know am am i going to miss my kids dance recital am i going to miss you know is is this going to hinder my performance at work yeah um so so really you know our our students are the connector to the audience that can sort of um you know, especially first gen students, college and, and higher education institutions are, you know, a, a large sort of amorphous idea to get your head around if you if you don't have anybody in your corner with that experience. Yeah. So it's important for me and, and we really focus here at, at Muhlenberg across the college on telling student captivating int intimate student stories about sort of life experiences and who they are as people. Um, and then we'll get to the we'll get to the greatness of the college later on. Yeah. But, but we want to connect with the viewer and, and, and our students are really that connection point. So, so 
that's how we sort of differentiate ourselves in a crowded space is telling stories like the the student that got her program funded to, yeah. to, to do some incredible work. Yeah. You know, those are things that are not tangible that you can't, you know, writing that in an email only is, you know, writing compared to we have 10 scholarships available. Okay, great. So does every other school, but yeah. we, here's this other opportunity that you only get at Muhlenberg. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's, what's so interesting, Shane, is that I feel like for all the time and money and resources spent trying to collect and showcase great student stories, I do feel like there there aren't enough like great ones that like go, not necessarily go viral, but that are like, you know, top of mind, right? Any, when you're talking to colleagues in the industry about like, oh my gosh, have you seen their student stories or their student profiles? It's not one of the, it's not something that you hear a lot of. You you might hear, oh my gosh, did you see their campaign? Did you see like that, you know, the creative that they developed for their, their new open house or whatever it is? That might get talked about a little bit or their new website, right? But but there aren't enough like, oh my gosh, they nailed the student stories. And so I actually, you know, I haven't seen any of your videos and I'm sure you, they're, they're amazing and, and great and whatnot. But like, I do feel like there's there's so much opportunity with the student story videos to, as, as you were just kind of alluding to, tell a little bit more about who they are as people and less about just, this is why I chose this program. And like, I, I, my name is Zach and I'm, you know, in the master of business analytics program. I chose this program because I met Dr. So-and-so at a recruitment event and it was great. You know, this is what I hope to do after graduation done, you know, like, and that's like the basic template, right? I feel like there's so much opportunity to get really creative, especially in, in such a visual, in, in such a visual world that we all live in. And, and really just unpack almost almost the human interest side of things in a very, very like detailed way with a very soft tie-in. But most of the student stories that I feel like I've seen in recent years are, are a little too scripted. So I'm glad that you guys are spending resources and time and money creating these videos because that, that's so, so important and there aren't enough great ones. Yeah, your point is spot on. And, and actually, we just, we just filmed an interview today with a, a student. Uh, she came back to school about 10 years after stopping out one, one semester short of graduating wow. because, she could, because she couldn't get financial aid. Wow. Um, and she came back to school, attended Muhlenberg, peak COVID time with a one-year-old and a husband and a full-time job. Jeez. And, and right now she's expecting again. And so tomorrow we're filming B-roll with her and her family and her daughter and her husband. Amazing. Because... Because that's who our student is, yeah. And, and our our students are, you know, students across the country are going through that. Yeah, they're juggling life. And so, what is that? You know, how did Muhlenberg help you juggle life? Is, is the important? I don't even think we asked her a question about Muhlenberg today. Yeah, yeah. Because I want, uh, you know, I want to know about her as a person, and yeah. so do so do people considering college. Um. So you know, it's stories like that that. I can tell you the other great facts about Muhlenberg in, yeah. in a follow-up email, yeah. but I can't. I can't express this person's emotions to you in any other format than than her telling you that on camera. Yeah, in, and her, in, a, in a really intimate way. Yeah, exactly. And like her just sharing her her story, there's so much weight that that holds, and so much that that communicates that you don't even need it. You don't even need to talk about flexibility, right? With your programs, you're showing this mom who's got a young child, who's expecting her second child, working her way through this you know, program, right? You don't even need to use that word because it visually communicates it, right? Like there's so much that can be done if you just spend a little bit of time thinking really creatively and critically about 
how do we do a story that's totally different than a student sitting in the library talking to us about the three reasons why they chose this program, right? Like that's what everybody does. And like, I, I yeah, I love that you guys are, send me this video after because I want to I, I, I want to share it once it's done, because I think it'll be a really great example for folks of just like how to be how to have fun, how to be different. And the beautiful thing about all of this is like it, it, it doesn't have to be fabricated at all because it's just real. Like you don't need to script anything because it's just real. <laughs> yeah, all, all we did was send her, you know, five or six questions yeah. pre-interview. Yeah, and you know, she came back with with those answers, and we're like, okay, I don't have a. You're right, I don't have a single question for you about Mueller because all of the things that we're telling you in marketing messaging are implied by what you're saying. Yeah, you you got through school during a pandemic with a one year old and a husband and working forty hours a week. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's, you know, that's that's the message that of of course there's flexibility because somebody with all of that going on did this. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's beautiful, man. Uh, how are you guys thinking about your competitors? Like, do you spend much time like wondering what they're doing, what they're spinning up? Like, how much time would you say is sort of spent in, in meetings, like trying to figure out what the quote unquote other guy is doing and how how much weight does that hold in your decisions around how to market or or how to program? Yeah, I mean it it does it does from a, a you know something like developing creative. Yeah, you know we can go to an event and get get some flyers and a few books from those schools and see what they're doing. Um, we can obviously see what videos they're putting out. Are they doing billboards around the area? Do I hear them on the radio? Yeah. Um, but in terms of you know program development yeah it, it does play it does play because you know there's a reason we didn't launch an mba program because yeah. there there's seven others in the area and it's yeah. just so it's just a saturated market and so we've you know we've got something that people may not be as familiar with but once we once we get you sort of the details of that masters of organizational leadership you, you kind of learn okay, maybe financial things and, and the hardcore business part of, a, of an MBA wasn't for you, Yeah. but you're looking to transition into a leadership role. And so here's why this program is, is good. So, so I, I would say it's an advantage that we've had being new to the space. Yeah. We, we could really look at people's graduate portfolios and say, okay, well, we're not going to do that because six other people are doing that. And we're not going to do that because, you know, right down the street, they can go for a, a cheaper cost or the, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say competitors definitely play a role. Yeah. No, but uh, I, I appreciate sort of the, the notes there around being observant and choosing not to launch an MBA because everyone else ha already has one, but then, but then not stopping there and being like, Oh, let's just do, let's only focus on sort of uh, programs in, in the medical space, right. Or, or the humanities, right. Like finding a way to spin up a, an alternative program that has a lot of the same, um, you know, uh, characteristics of, of a, of a degree that is a tried and true degree that a lot of folks, uh, have, have a great knowledge and affinity for is, 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 is super wise. How, how much time, do you, like how, I, I should say, how, how involved are you in, conversations around the quote-unquote product because one of the biggest friction points that exists in higher ed right is you've got the marketing teams and the enrollment team right that sometimes don't have a lot of say in in the programming that's actually developed right by by faculty um and, and other leadership so how involved do you get to be in understanding what the institution is going to uh going to promote and and build um, what, what sort of seat, if you will, at the table do you have? 
Yeah. So we, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be on our, our leadership team here in our, in our division. So it's myself, our vice president and, and our two deans. Um, and so I'm very involved in, in the, the, the product. Nice. Um, so, you know, things like using market research to, 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 you know, provide insight on, you know, length of program that people are looking for. Is this price too high for competitors? Um, you know, is this, uh, what, you know, what's the demand in terms of, we just did some keyword research. Yeah. What is the demand in terms of what we want to call, what we want to call this program? Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, a, a good example is, is our masters in applied analytics, um, was one of our sort of inaugural programs and it, it, it did not get off to a great start it, pandemic, um, other, other factors at play. But yeah. when I came on board, uh, we we took a look and did some some keyword research and some search volume things and quickly figured out that we, it, people are not searching for that. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're searching they're searching for applied analytics. Yeah, uh, I mean I'm sorry for for data analytics. Yeah, they're searching yeah. for you know business analytics things like that. And so we pivoted that to only focus on those keywords. Yeah, um, and it's made a difference. And yeah. so you know from then on forward we said okay before we even think about going to the faculty to approve this program let's 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 formulate this sort of playbook um which includes marketing which includes faculty which includes you know larger conversations than just we think this is a good program the faculty like it okay let's approve it yeah it's uh so we've, we've come a bit more strategic that's amazing dude honestly i i feel like this is i've talked to hundreds of people on this podcast, which has been like a, a, a huge privilege, many of whom are leaders in marketing, presidents, right? Uh, uh, enrollment management leaders. And I think this is the first time that I've heard somebody say they had titled a program one thing, they then decided to go do some keyword research, assess the monthly search volume around those keywords, and then rename the program in light of that. Like that is that is just remarkable, Shane. And that, like that is exactly what people need to be doing. We we didn't actually rename the program. Oh, you did. We're trying. Okay. Okay. We're, yeah. we're trying. We're, <laughs> we're just we're just bidding on the appropriate keywords. The appropriate keywords. Okay. And, and okay. so what what we're finding is when we talk to students that are interested in that program, you know, just very anecdotally saying, I, I had never heard of applied analytics, but it fits exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's it's all about taking data as a leader and and driving change based on the data. Yeah, yeah. And so for for sort of the higher echelon type of professional, that's really attractive. Yeah. But you would need to know you would need to know what that is before you before you even thought to think of applied analytics. Exactly, exactly. And so by us using those those search terms to to capture that interest, it, it's really made a difference and kind of uh, given that program a bit of a foothold. Yeah, that's a great point of clarification. And what I love about that too is for folks that are are in positions where you just can't, you can't rename the program for whatever reason, right? Like finding creative ways to play off of high-ranking uh, search terms with with lots of good MSV, right? Is 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 a really 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 great stopgap solution, if you will, of understanding like what is the difference between data analytics and applied analytics, right? Like how to know if you should pursue a master's in data analytics versus a master's in, master's in applied analytics. What you're, what you're doing, what you're immediately communicating to the user is that like there are a couple of different paths here. I should go and learn about both and then discern which one is like best for me, right? So you can, you can essentially like uh, uh, play off of the the uh, the high kind of like uh, not ranking, but the high the highly searched key term, right? That the trending keyword, if you will, even if you can't 
even if you don't have the power to change the name of your program. So it's super smart. Love that. Everyone should go do what change. Like literally just go and audit your existing programs. If you've got some, a program where you're like, oh my gosh, yes, everyone thinks this is called this, but it's called that instead. Just go do some basic Googling, right? Use your favorite SEO tool, go to Google Trends, do whatever you need to do and understand what are some related terms or similar terms that people are using and then have a conversation with your team on how you might be able to creatively play off of and, and piggyback off of those terms. Yeah, definitely. It, you know, it'll, it'll make a difference. I mean, it made a difference for us right away. We were like, okay, here's the problem. Here's the fix. And, and so we've sort of seen an upward trend since then to the point now where it it's, we went from zero enrolled in, in fall of 23, uh, 22 to 11 enrolled in spring of 23. Wow. Amazing. And so, you know, that, that doesn't sound like a lot, but no, but that's huge growth it, from it's zero. It's an 1100% increase. <laughs> um, so, you know, and considering our small class sizes, we, we were able to fill the class up. And so just that little bit of research helped that much. That's amazing, Shane. Well, this is great, dude. I am so thankful for you and your time and, and, what you what you and the team at Muhlenberg are doing. I really think I just want to encourage you and any other team members of yours to share even more on social about like what you guys are doing and what you're testing and why you decided to move, you know, uh, digital back in house and how you're experimenting with doing some good keyword research to discern how to best position your programs that you can't rename, right? These are just very tactical things that anyone uh, in higher ed marketing, it should be able to do, right? You, you don't need to be a rocket science. You don't need to have a huge budget to be able to do any of these things. And I love it because it's super practical. It's super specific. And as you've just shared, it actually results in some pretty significant change. So my encouragement to you is you got you you have a lot to offer, man. You should you should share more. Thank you, Zach. I will. Will do. Hey y'all, Zach here from Enrollify. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Enrollify podcast. If you like this episode, do us a huge favor and hit that follow and subscribe button below. Furthermore, if you've got just two minutes to spare, we would greatly appreciate you leaving a rating and a review of this show on Apple Podcasts. Our podcast network is growing by the month and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. But Enrollify is far more than just a podcast network. Enrollify is where higher ed comes to learn new marketing skills, discover new products and services, and find their next job. We're a growing learning community of 4,000 members and we'd love to welcome you into the fold. You can access our free blog articles, newsletters, e-courses, and more, or purchase our master course on how to market a university with Terry Flannery at enrollify.org. We look forward to meeting you soon and welcoming you into the community. Again, you can subscribe for free at enrollify.org.